Snake excited for? Is there is anyone that's excited? Yes, let's just give a hand to the Lord this morning. This morning we have the dilemma of One of our worship leaders is uh, in Cape Town, they're on vacation, and the other one is busy there at a, at a, at a ceremony, at a wedding ceremony, so they couldn't make it, and another guy went for an operation. And so for Ochans, it was now is um, one of the, the pastors that's helping at the Rise Restoration Center. That's the, the, the restoration center that we have on the outside of um, Pretoria. And that's one of the main reasons why we ask the Lord, Lord, to, to bring us into the city, is because we are trusting the Lord that He will open up doors and that we will get people involved and that we will get people's hearts back in. Amen. So, um, just quickly, just turn, this is still a dry so lekker, and I'm drinking it, iemand, I'm going to eat some milk, and I'm going to go to the this is one of my hero's daughters, and I'm just going to love his wife, hello, Liesel, hello, Maggie, can I tell you? Just turn around and just greet someone just around you, if the guy is 6 foot 8 or 7 foot 12, don't be intimidated, he's got a friend to you, um, so, uh, yeah, as, as part of our fellowship, let's, um, we're going to take up an offering, if that's fine. If anyone wants to meet, use card facilities, we do have a card facility. You can just raise your hand if you, if you want that. Um, mainly the reason why we came into the, to, to the city is not, guys, people will always make a big deal out of cash. I can promise you that the most of our cash flow at this stage is going into a center. We are feeding more than 30 people, I think, now on a weekly basis. And with only one guy that's parents are contributing to the program. So um, if I say it's 30, it's with our volunteers and the people that's on the program. So that, that's just already, let's give the Lord a hand. I think that is seriously one of the things that I want to see is I want to see the kingdom come. So the Bible says that first seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all else will be added unto you. Who's ever heard that scripture? So, the, the one thing that Jesus does very well in the Bible is the way that He expresses Himself in putting the kingdom first. And uh, today as I'm going to speak to you, um, who knows that Jesus came, if you ask people what was the main reason why Jesus came, they would say, people would tell you it's to take away sin. Behold the Lamb of God who takes, the, who takes away the sin of the world. Okay? I don't believe that's the main reason why He came. That's not the main reason. It was the, the, the reason that was needed for him to come, but that was not the main reason. The main reason why he has come, and he continually says it whenever he was preaching, was to reveal the Father's heart. Was to show the kindness of the Father to a generation who was so displaced in their mind that they could not see the goodness and the kindness of a loving God. So, so, so they had to persist in putting and placing more rules and religious um, uh, appointments and sacrifices on people so that people will abide. Not understanding the heart of the Father. Amen? And I want to tell you, if you're still walking around and you're eating yourself over the hand the whole time, I've tried smoking, I've tried stopping with um, certain sins in my life. The only way that I could get delivered was the fact that I surrendered into His love. Is when I realized how much He loved me and I focused on the Father's heart. That's where God truly touched my heart. Amen? I'm just going to read a few scriptures. Um, in Matthew 6.21 it says, For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. And remember, I'm still taking up money. <laughs> so don't, if I spend a bit of time on money this morning, it's not a money sermon. And the one thing that I always tell people, never give reluctantly. The lack of thing is, yeah, I'm not going to ever try and convince you to give money. 
you must give, you have to put a dry heart here. If it's too difficult to hear, you're welcome to take some money out. Okay? No one will, no one will look funny at you, it's fine. Okay? So if you really need it, except for the R guys, but the rest of you guys are welcome to take it out. <laughs> Listen here, for your heart will always pursue what you, what you value as your treasure. I was just going to ask you a question this morning. What is really valuable to you? What's valuable to you? I can tell you, um, this morning at just, I was sitting, my wife was still sleeping, my father was sitting in the, the lounge, and I was sitting on my, my, my it's a it's a lazy boy on my car, and I was sitting on it, and um, I was listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman, Cinderella, who's ever heard that song, where this, where this uh, he's singing about his daughter, that he's carrying this weight on his shoulders, and then his daughter comes and pulls him on the hand, and she wants to dance. Now, I was crying because the very first time I held Michaela, which is our baby girl that got adopted, we, her adoption came through two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago. Let's just give the Lord a hand for that. It was many of our tears, we, we cried and we, we, we believed as a family. I say, oh, if, if you're in New Zealand, if you can't see me, just move to the left or move to the right, okay? So, you're welcome. We've got a New Zealand guy here, and he's, he's a quite good fighter, so I won't mess with him too much. Um, but... But um, we, the song is about this girl that pulls the dad. So when I held that baby girl the first time, I was dancing with her. I said to my wife, I knew it was going to be my girl. And I said to my wife, I'm so blessed because this is officially my first dance. And she was still filthy and she was, and nothing in my heart could change the fact that I had this immediate, secure um, love that I wanted to give to her. And I remember I was dancing with her in the living room and we were playing gospel music and I was weeping and, um, and we had this present. Now I'm listening to this song and now it's speaking about how she comes and she pulls her dad there and then she, one day she's going to prom and she's pulling her dad on the hand again. Then one day she, and I, said to, I said to my father-in-law this morning, we were sitting in my office and I'm, I'm, I'm emotional about it. I'm saying to him, listen, I can't think, I'm fighting, I'm fighting for this girl for three years. I can't believe that any other man can love her as much as I love. How the heck do you get it right? I said, I said, this, this, this right as you see it, is that what you said to me? He says, it's fine if your son gets married, but it's difficult if your daughter gets married. Now I want to tell you, we are still the king's daughter. We are still the father's daughter. The church is still the Lord's bride. And he sold out on this girl. And he made a statement which made me, that, that gave a certain um, break from our, he said, the, the worst thing that could happen is if the husband is not godly. But as long as the husband is godly, it is an easy process. And I thought to myself, well, that, that simplifies things for me very easily. Because now all I need to pray for is a godly guy. It would be easy to hand over to a godly guy. Who can agree with me this morning? So, listen here. It says, for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. I want to tell you, I've got many things, anything hidden up, that's locked up, that's hidden away, is always valuable. Amen? You never let your jewelry, your diamond rings lie on the open surfaces. You, you put that in, in sacred places. So some of us are in seasons where we are hidden. Who knows that Jesus was hidden? The Bible says, He was hidden. Until the time which God reveals. And sometimes God will put you in a hidden season. We were in Broncos Pride. I told people this morning, um, if you ever get in trouble, and your, your sock is not right with you, then track your bronchospreit, and bronchospreit is 100 years old, after the time. Okay? So if the Lord comes today, and you're in bronchospreit, and you exactly got the date for, um, 
for, for the coming back of the Lord. So it gives you a hundred years to get yourself sorted out. It's not that bad. And I thought to myself, well, uh, this morning that the Lord is still treasuring us. And listen here, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. It says, the eye of your spirit allow revelation knowledge to enter into your being. Revelation knowledge. Remember when Jesus, when we read the book of Revelation, says this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it, 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 the Spirit allows revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. The light floods in. Now, um, I remember one day I was going to take a guy out of a, a, a type of um, setting where it was an abandoned house. And um, I came to the room. And the room, they took water and then they put um, this old newspaper against the windows so that it basically gives the same effect as a curtain. So after a while the, 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 this will stick and I went into this room and it was in the middle of the day but it was pitch pitch dark with this slight light that's going through this and now I'm carrying this guy out of this, um, this room and I thought to myself, um, yes like Lord this is how some people's hearts are, it's like this window which is cluttered, it doesn't allow and I want to tell you there's no way, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. The Bible is very clear on that. There's nothing that can take you away from His love. Except sometimes your heart gets cluttered. And the revelation light can't come in. Now I'm going to give you one singular thing which Jesus repeatedly points out and says, this is the thing you need to watch out for. If your heart is uncluttered, the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, who of you are stressing about finances? Let's just be honest this morning. Is there anyone that can relate to me? I must tell you, there were seasons where I really stressed about finances. And I had to go and say to the Lord, because in this season, we don't have the luxury. We're on the water if we want to know it or not. I don't know how we do it. I don't, I don't even try and calculate. We've got this perfect bookkeeping system. The net days of Peter Pretorius, who I love you guys. He, was, he had this perfect pitch on, we had our books in order. But according to his accountant mind, what we are doing now is not making sense. And I don't think we would most probably be doing it like we're doing it now if he was still alive because he would have told me, listen, you're book it, talk me, book it. You, but that's not what, I can't tell people you can't eat. So I said to the Lord, Lord, we're going to walk on the water. But you provide. And these guys can testify this morning. There's some days that I say, Lord, we've got no meat tonight. And I'll phone one guy the next moment, we've got two pigs, some people's water, then a guy's fridge will run off. I'll say, have you never ever not eaten at all? You've eaten better at all than you've ate in your parents' house, am I right? Amen. And I want to say that in this sitting here is our is, is serving the guy. She's our cook. Let's just give her a hand. She, she's our cook. But those guys eat better than I eat, I promise you, every day. Listen here, but if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and the darkness takes its place. How profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? And all which he's speaking about is he's basically saying you need to be open-minded to the fact that Jesus doesn't want you to focus on your financial position which you are in now. You know that one of the biggest reasons why people take their eyes off or they disbelieve in the goodness of God is because people look at their finances. And then they say, Lord, if I have to qualify you on the basis if you are with me because we are preachers preaching prosperity, I want to tell you, your financial status has nothing to do with God's goodness. Amen? 
And most probably if you're in a, between a rock and a hard place, man, you're in a good place because he's busy preparing you. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Out of the practical point of view, just when we sit in, just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are welcome here this morning. This morning, Lord, we have an expectancy for people's hearts to change. We want you, Lord, to show us this morning our value in you. And Father, I want to ask if there's any stress in the area of finances. We sang a song this morning, Lord, you're still my provider. Father, this morning I want to declare that you're still our provider. Thank you, Father, that you take note not only of the hair on our head and what's going on in our hearts, but you do take note of our financial position as well. And we want to surrender that to you with a heart that is expecting, saying, you're a good, good father. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to spend any more time on um, the money scriptures. Um, so, I, when we started here, the first sermon I did was, um, we, I did the worship one in Bronkosprite, and then I started with Encounter. Our first week here was Encounter. I was speaking on encountering God. And how do we encounter? Because if you've never, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is not something that you come and do in church. You can agree with me. Okay. Encounter is about having an expectancy and an experience of God. If you've never felt the touch of your Father or the love of the Lord, then it's always difficult for your heart to come close to the Lord because you feel uncertain. I mean, and that's why the Lord, the Lord, um, simplifies certain things for us by revealing Himself in certain aspects of our life. For instance, He will call Himself a Father. So if you had a good Father, it's very easy to call God good. I mean, you can agree with me. But if you went through a troublesome youth with a, a father which was not very godly, it's difficult to call him good. It's difficult, I, I tell you. Um, he, he will use marriage. Now I want to tell you this morning, there's no judgment for those who are in Christ. I'm not judging people who are, who are divorced. But when Jesus called people to, when he instituted marriage, it was so that there would be fruit on it, so that there would be children, and healthy marriages produces healthy children. And that would have been the example from the beginning of Genesis up until Revelation, which he used to express his goodness and his loving kindness and his faithfulness towards the church. That's what the whole Bible is about. If you've ever opened up the book Genesis and you've read it through Revelation, it's all about a man that's coming off this bride and he's so in love with her that he took every excuse away from her so that she would not say, I'm not worthy. He gave the, uh, the very reason to come close and to draw close. Amen. Who can agree with me this morning? So you need to have an encounter with God. So we, our, our vision is worship, encounter, and then last week I was speaking on connecting. And how do we connect? We first connect to God, then to our spouse, then to our leadership in church. I want to tell you, you've got a response. Uh, guys, I, I remember certain faces because I had action. So for instance, I can have an ochend uh, So the next time I will remember because I, can, I have an association with them. I can offer Debbie alone. I know Lynette because I've been walking a long road. These are I know. So I can make associations. But many times we feel hurt because a need in our heart is to connect to church leadership. Amen? And it's important for you to know that we need to know what's going on in your heart. But then, I want to tell you guys, get on the WhatsApp group, connect with us, make, call us. If you want a coffee, I've got guys like Lampus. I want to tell you people, I want to honor him because he will put a time aside to go and sit 
and, and work with people's hurts and walk around with people because he feels that's what, that's what the Lord is placing upon him and Gloria. Amen. And that's very important for us to connect. So the previous week I was speaking on connect. So this week I'm speaking on volunteer. On, on volunteering. Who, who's a volunteer for the Lord? Who's available for the Lord? And the Lord asked, who will go for me? And I said, here my Lord, send me. Amen. Who's ever heard that scripture in Isaiah, in Isaiah 6? Lord, here am I, send me. And that's been the main theme of my family's life, to say, Lord, we are available. Is to say, Lord, I'm not available in the good times. I'm not only available when things go very good and we are blessed and it's going financially awesome. I'm available when things are very bad. I'm available even in those times. I want to tell you, the morning when our daughter drowned, I was not feeling like preaching. And that night, I remember I was crying myself to sleep, and Godly was crying next to me. And the next morning, it was a Sunday, now we have to go and preach. And I was not doing it out of obligation. I said to her, let notify Armand, he needs to take the sermon, I'm not ready, I can't do this. The next moment, the Spirit said to me, I want, your I want to use your brokenness. I want to use your broken heart, because people connect to brokenness. I want to tell you that God's using each and every factor of your life. Each, when you think your marriage is in the dumps, God's even going to use that for His glory. Amen? Amen. That's how good this God and this Lord of us is. So, um, this morning, when we speak on the basis of being a volunteer, I'm not trying to get people volunteering for the church and saying, listen here, I'm going to come and stand with a badge. And I, want to, I don't want to get you for religious duty. I don't want you to come and slaughter any cows. You don't need to cut the up open in the front of the church there at the toilets. Please don't kick it if you're a shark or stormer supporter. Many stickers of the plotness of leaf. It's not my property. It is well the country of the Bibles. We must get that sorted out. Okay, but Debbie, can I get an amen? Where's Debbie? I must definitely Debbie. Can I go amen clever global? Okay, so she's definitely um, she's definitely my biggest, she's the biggest bull supporter we know. So let's just give her a um, and my very personal bodyguard just stepped in, they just made me coffee. So, um, so on the basis of volunteering, guys, I want to tell you the last thing you want to do in this season is get involved in religious services. I don't ever want you to, to, to get involved in just another religious duty. And I need to perform so that God would put a stamp on our forehead saying, now I'm working for the Lord. Okay? You are not working for the Lord because you're throwing a cloth over someone or because you are handing out bread or soup, I want to tell, tell you that no one is going to heaven, even Mother Teresa, if she, if she didn't have Jesus in her heart, with all the good works that she's done in India, she was not going to go into heaven. I don't care. Amen. Paul calls himself a, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a religious scholar of the day. Everyone was looking up to him. He was the, the spiritual son of Gamaliel, which was like saying, um, I'm... I'm a spiritual son of Um Angus. It's on the same thing, on the same level. He was the direct, the guy that was going to be taking over from him. And you guys welcome. Come and come. Here is my main section. From another table. It's all the block. Joking. It's very bulky. Stand by me. No, don't break my thing off. And and I want you to hear this morning. I never ever want the church to go back into a place where we need to perform to get the approval of God. 
God has not called you to perform. Now I want to ask something by the, the, the basis of raising hands. Who would like it if your husband liked you 5%? Imagine your husband said to you, you need to act like you act like you surprise his peanuts in a bar. Okay? Is there anyone that would appreciate that? Okay, who would like if your husband said he likes you 10%? Then I like your bokies and I like your cloakies and but the rest of your oakies. I like you and I like you and I like physically your spoon more and all But whatever. Visa like as your husband says he's 25% in you. 50. 75. Who would love it if he's 100% into you? Can I see by the raise of hands? Is there anyone who would go for the 100% one? I want to tell you that's exactly what Jesus is with his bride. He's an all or nothing God. He's, he tells you come and you can come as you are, but he's going to expect everything from you. And he's not going to give you an excuse to get out of it. And people ask me, what does it cost? Like, it costs you nothing to get into the kingdom. It was his blood that paid it. But it's going to cost you everything after you are in it. Who's ever heard the story of the Hotel California? Once you get in, you never get out. And that's the one thing that we don't realize as a church, is the church is not a building. That's what I love about this building, which is available to us. And guys, if you are here today, for the first time, you're with a foot in you, so like Batman, yeah? and then you, you tag us on Facebook, and because I, I just want to get, a, if I can get a few people angry because of Batman in church, I, I want to do that. Okay, let's just give it all that. I, I just love it. And guys, I'm not even saying this on the basis because we want to fight. You know what the Lord is doing? Jesus is walking into Mesopotamia. And they say to him, so who, he asks the disciples, who does the people say I am? And this has got nothing to do with the sermons, so by He says, who does the people say that I am? And some say a prophet of old, some say John. And he, they're making all this statement. And he, he asks Peter, who do you say I am? And he said, you're the Messiah. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And do you know where he was walking in Mesopotamia? He was walking between the, the, in the area of Pan. Now, for those who know Pan, it's this, this Bokihot. He's got this, this goat legs. Who's all ever looked at the movie Hercules? Now, there's this Bokihot. He's got this, this goat legs. And um, he, he's got this, this top that is human, but he's a bit of a midget. Okay? So now he's walking in, um, in this area, which is known to be Pan's area. And he's walking between all these idols and these gods. And he's asking his disciples, so who do you say I am? They're being confronted by the gods. I want to tell you, Jesus is not faced with Batman. He's not got he, I remember when we got into Broncos, they said to me, you can't make any Spider-Man clear. We all Spider-Man in the group. And not because I'm a rebellion. Guys, your outward expression does not determine your inward attitude. I'd rather wear Spider-Man serving and shouting from the top of my lungs that I love the Lord my God with all my heart than you putting a label on me on the basis of how I look on the outside. You know what we've done with all that racism in the past where people judge people on the basis of how they look on the outside. Today I'm walking around and I've got more black sons, I've got white sons. I'm kissing the white ones, I'm kissing the black ones. I love all of them. No, am I right? I tell you, we're not prejudiced on the basis of people's skins. I love people and dullness. Why? Because everyone needs Jesus. I want to tell you, I've got people the other day, I told them, listen, I'm going to Whitbank. I'm going to a barney. Now what happened? Those guys pitched my house, the, the black guys first. It's like Jesus really went to the garden. Peter pulls out the sword and cuts the guy's ear off. 
The question is this morning, is how much of your heart is involved in your journey with the Lord? How much are you willing to put on the table for His sake? I'm going to go through a few scriptures this morning, and I trust that this will confront your heart to the, to, to the extreme. In 1 Kings 19.19, and I'm just quickly going to read it. So he departed from, um, from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. Now, who knows a yoke of oxen? Uh, a yoke is where you put two oxen in, and then they drag uh, a ploegstaart, of your achterkant, a plow. So the guy at the back will walk with this, and then there's two oxen in front. So there was not, it, it, he wasn't adding a limousine of this. So in other words, he had six track trackers on his farm, which is busy working the field. That's what he's saying. And now these six oxen, and he's working in the, in the track, and I think John Deere gewerk op the achterkant. Okay, do we have any John Deere fans? You know you only get two type of people, you get Deere Johns and John Deere's. Okay? So can I see if we have any John Deere fans in here this morning? Okay, so you, all the males are raising their hands and some people are looking around, they're uncertain if they want to be associated. Okay, so he was plowing with 12 yoke of John Deere trackers. And um, he was with 12 and Elijah passed by him and he cast his cloak upon him. So now this prophet walks past and he takes his cloak and he throws it over this man that is plowing with this John Deere trackers. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. Let me just go and say goodbye. I want to tell you, whenever the cloak fell on you, remember, a cloak is a sign. He started with a cloak, and Elisha ended with a cloak, which fell from heaven. When the first cloak was handed, he, he made him, the natural choice. When Jesus went past the fishermen, he was saying to them, follow me. You're going to see it as we continue in this in the story. He was calling them, but it was not only the fact that you respond to the gospel. It's the fact that you are willing to pursue in the gospel. And that makes you a volunteer. It makes you an ambassador is a very good word to illustrate what I'm trying to say this morning. And listen here, let me kiss my father and my mother and I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I to do to you? There's a translation that will say, go, go and do your business. If you're not willing to pursue, and you've got an excuse to stay where you are and do what you do, if you've not kissed your mother, if it's you've got a problem. I want to say to you, even in your marriage, you can't get into a yoke with your wife still being married to your mother. You can't always say, you can't have a friend someone like that. Jy kan nie met jou, met jou ma in jou huwelik sit en jou ma bepaal wat in jou huwelik gebeur. You can't do that. You will be unequally yoked, am I right? This is my, my middle son whose legs are going to get broken. For what have I to do with you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and he sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. So what Elijah was telling this young man, he said to him, listen, either you go and do what you've always done, but if you are going to pursue and walk this road with me, it's going to cost you everything. And you know what Elijah cho Elisha chose at that, that stage? He decided that he was going to destroy the thing that he can go back to so that it will take no glory or there's no back door open 
to pursue after the calling which God has placed upon his heart. How do I know? Whose heart has moved when Jesus spoke to you? When you, when you met your Lord and Savior, is there anyone whose heart was moved? I want to tell you, I had such an encounter with God that I knew that I had to do with the living God and I felt loved. For the first time, I was always wondering, did my father love me? I felt like an orphan. And when I had this encounter with God, all of a sudden, I felt this tremendous love. I didn't want to hurt people anymore. It was like if he was changing something in my inside. And all that I know was, when I got saved, you know what? My, my Bruce put my, I was in an accident just, just after that, and I, the, so the money paid out, I had a choice. And the prophetic word that was over my life was, is you were going to preach for the multitudes. And um, so I could buy a car, or I can go and preach for Jesus. Guess what I did? No, I bought speakers. Okay, if you ever wondered if I was intelligent, no, I wasn't, okay? So now I'm sitting with my brother who's an unbeliever. Hey, kijk wat hij heeft gezegd, maar is jij dom? Ik zeg, hoe kom? Hij zegt, hoe gaan jullie bij die klas komen? Gaan jullie op die speakers en dan zitten jullie volume aan een boom, 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 boom. Ik zeg, oh, hier het gezegd met preer. Owens, I went and I bought a sound system. I was not, it's like the gold pitching when Angus prayed for rain with the emperor. I want to tell you there's something that God sees in the heart of man who is willing to do and go and you, you close all doors. You might think stupid. I can't tell you from a friend, what from the evangelium is that you will have to do? As you will have to do? It's the opposite. So Jesus tells Peter, get out of the boat. Like if that is the same answer to give someone when they are in a storm. Jesus most probably will never tell something to you which would make sense to anyone around you. If it makes sense, it is most probably not even Jesus. Because he will always put the bar higher and he will always make you uncomfortable. The rich young man came to Jesus and he did everything right according to the book. The Bible said he did it to the T and he loved him for it. It's not that Jesus doesn't love people who does things right, he loves them. But then he raised this standard just a bit higher and he said to him, if you really want to be perfect, sell everything and follow me. And guess what his name was in the Bible? The rich young man. So it was too difficult for him to give away his identity. Because everyone knew, but you know what he would have been famous for? And the, the, the latter story of him is in history that he did give everything and he followed Jesus. But he walked away rather clinging onto his title. Doctor, professor, I want to tell you, you don't need to call me pastor. When I started church, I was 27 when we planted our first church. And people will ask me, must I call you pastor? I said, only if you can respect me. Then you can call me my tax. But if it's difficult for your heart because of my age, then call me pastor. This is when I play Dr. Marksenkel. It's, it's our doctor at ARC as well. He, he does all our, our medical things pro bono. Let's give him a hand in his absence. He does work, the Lord's blessing his business ever since. But I want to tell you, there's something about when people say, Lord, I'm in this thing with everything that I have. So Elijah didn't make it possible for Elisha just to walk away. Remember, we're talking on volunteering, being available for the Lord. The term volunteer means setting yourself apart or putting yourself one side to say, Lord, I want to do whatever you call me to do. I want to be available. 
Matthew 4, 19 says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I want to tell you, this is some of the stories. If I had to come to you in your trade, remember, Levi was a, a tax collector. These guys were fishermen. And now this Jesus rocks up on the scene, and he's calling people out of their businesses to follow him. Imagine he tells you, Jy kom by jou vrou, Frikkie, en jy moet nou van sê, Heere, die Heere het nou gesê, ek moet gaan en ek moet hom gaan volg. So, hoe gaan ons kinders get, broer? How are you going to pay the bills? I want to tell you, like I told you before, that many times God's going to call you into such uncomfortable things. And I want to even say to you, many times the pastor will tell you, he agrees, it's not God. How, if God speaks, speech, you better listen. Listen here, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Okay, so we were catching fish. We are fishermen by trade. Now I, wanna, I want you to be fishermen men or fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. The interesting thing is immediately. I remember when my wife spoke to myself and my wife. We were in business. We were doing not, we, were, we weren't this great business people. We just had a lot of luck. And we were just blessed on his basis. I was a little bit arrogant, Lampis will confirm that to you when he just met me. Um, and I was very arrogant. I, I, I made a statement like when Peter thought he's walking on water, we're running on water. Okay? I was so self-assured that God was going to do it because God was just doing everything. And everything we touched turned to God because God was busy doing it. Who knows when, the God is, when God is doing something, he's doing it really well. And at that stage, I had a, a vision, an open vision. And the Lord showed to me that I was going to lose my wife and my children. Yes, like that was a big problem in my heart. And I said, Lord, I, I really, and I was crying that evening. I'm not going to go into the whole story. And then the Lord said to me, give the business, walk away from this thing. And it was a challenge because it was where we made our livelihood. And now I'm telling my wife, my, my dear wife sitting over there, I'm telling her, listen, yeah, we've got, she's pregnant with our second child, this guy over here. And um, I don't know in any case how that happened. We still have to have, to have a conversation. <laughs> he looks like me. He talks like me. But I don't know. <laughs> so I was telling you, listen, the Lord is calling me out of business into full-time ministry. Remember, I was always working for the Lord. I was an a, 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 a evangelist going from time to time, but I was doing business on the side. And now the Lord says, do not muzzle the ox that's treading out the ground. I want you in full-time ministry. And for those people who knew me, Lampis helped me through the process of sequestration. Am I right, Lampis? I lost everything. They sold our house for, for I'm not even going to give you the value of the house. They, they sold it for a, a third of the value, okay, if it wasn't less. And now I'm sitting with all this debt. And now remember, God spoke to me. You know what? I'm stressed up by him. I'm sending her to her parents. They can confirm it that she's staying with her parents for a week or two. My friend comes and says to me, Matthijs, come by me. I say, from broer, can you not for my soul? I say, near the coffers in the pit. I can you not out of the pit now. All that I know is that God spoke to me and in being obedient, it cost me everything. I remember Lampy spared me the, the, the insult where he, he, he took some of our cars and they would drive the cars away from his house. Am I right? So that he spared me the humility and it wasn't seen at my house. I can speak of this today and it's not hurting. Why? Because it's a testimony. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. And I sat there and I said, Lord, how have I missed you? How come? And I, I was hurt and I was disappointed. 
not knowing that he was wanting to be good to me, I thought he was going to hurt me and destroy my family. And I only asked once and I said, Lord, please preserve my wife and my children and my marriage. That's the one thing. Just preserve us. And let us work for you. And the Lord started doing something small and broke us and he kept us hidden. He did something, but he was testing our hearts. Are you willing to do whatever I call you to do? Are you willing to, to, be, to, to step out and, and say, Lord, here am I, use me? I want to tell you, if it's going to cost you everything, it's easy to, to respond and say yes until you see the results. Until they drive away with your car. I remember my wife with, with, with her one car, which was paid off. Now she's standing there and she looks at the car that's going and she's crying. But in our hearts is a praise to say, Lord, we love you. It's hurting, but we love you. Can you remember that? And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the sons of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father. I want to say, they are called the sons of Plexons. Their father was a serious, angry guy. Okay? I'm not even cursing you. Bob, you can go and check me out because you don't, you don't want me to sweat in church. It's not sweating. The Bible also says, uh, sons of thunder. Okay? Um, and their father was a thunderous guy. He was a, 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 a quiet oak. Now Jesus is coming past his boat. And he doesn't even care what his, their father is going to say. And he's saying to them, listen your boots, follow me. And they're like, the Bible says, and they left their father and his boat while they were still mending the nets. And there they go. Imagine someone calls your child out of your family business where he's busy farming for you or working for you. And his excuse is, I want to go and do something. I've got friends of mine whose children are missionaries in Thailand. One of them sitting at the back, his, his, his children, and he was he's, 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 he's a studied lawyer. And now God is calling him to the missionary field. Now I want to tell you, you have no excuse, irrelevant of your financial position, or how great you are, or what great fame you have, if you're a politician or a doctor, do not be willing to say, Lord, here am I, use me to the degree where you feel comfortable in, and not I. It's let your will be done, not mine. Imagine when Jesus was sitting in the garden, and, Jesus, and, and, and he was having this discussion with the Father. The Father said to him, um, uh, you know, you, you need to go to the cross, son, and you need to die for these people, which is, is, is blasphemy, blasphemy in my name, and which is, they, 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 they are absolutely idolaters and they've not taken all these generations but I want you to pay a price for them so that we can be reconciled. What I told you the earlier this morning that Jesus' main thing was not to take away sin it was to reveal the Father. was to show us how much our daddy cares about us. How far he will walk this road to go after you to chase after you and he's not given any excuse and Jesus sat in the garden and said to him, Daddy, if there's any other way is there, if there's any way possible if we can pay with all the gold, Dad, please just do that. He said, son, there's no other way. The only way I can get to get these people where I can say I love them is to give myself away. And the father went and he allowed his son to be crucified by the most ferocious people of the time. He bled out every drop of his blood so that he could be reunited. We've got a, a, a nice term in South Africa reconciliation to reconcile us back to the Father to bring reconciliation that which was distorted became restored because of the acts of Jesus 
Can we just give Jesus a hand? He's trying to use this stuff of God. And to think he's in our midst. He's seriously in our midst today. Matthew 8, 19. And a scribe came up and said to him, remember now this is, a scribe was, was the people writing down the, the word. They were making sure from generation to generation that the word was carried over purely. And he told him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. He's not calling him Lord, he's calling him teacher. Because he sees his ability to teach. But he's not recognizing him as king. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Who, who slept in the bed last night? I want to tell you, sometimes we disassociate with people on the basis of where they stay. I want to dare some of you guys. Let's have a mental interview. The other day, I was, some of the guys called me a bit of a pansy because they, I was going back to my wife when they had a men's camp. I don't see the use of sleeping between men if I can sleep with my wife. Who prefers sleeping next to their wife than sleeping next to a man? Okay, so let's not, let's not wonder if I'm the one that's crazy. Okay, I think I'm the most normal guy in the room. Okay, who was on the men's camp? Who slept over? Keep your hand up. Okay, so that's the guys with the issues. I'm going to pray for them afterwards. Okay? Okay. Baby, just stand up. I mean, if I have to choose sleeping next to Lampus or that girl over there, guess what I'm going to choose? No brain. Okay, I'm going back to earth. That's for sure. Okay, and the scribe, and, and Jesus is telling him, listen, yeah, he's got nowhere to lay his hand. And, and another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bring him my father. Lord, let me go and first go and deal with my business. I want to tell you, I've got family, and if I call them family, um, for those who didn't know, Peter, Peter was, was a very good friend of me, mine. He passed away in June last year. And in this week, um, basically yesterday or the day before, yesterday, in the morning hours, um, his son's um, father-in-law passed away. So they've lost two grandmothers and two fathers in the past eight months. And they're on vacation. And I had to drive their mother to the hospital, and I drove his father to the hospital as well. And I said to the aunt, I was holding a leg here at the back. My head was with me, he's not here this morning. I said to her, you know what? Everything she says, I know it's going to be okay. She says, I love the Inget people. Amen? I'm not, I'm not prejudiced on people's belief system or what churches they go to. I said to her, everything's going to be alright. The Lord, she says, I know. I know. My belief is in the Father. I phoned him. I phoned him. Now they want to come back from vacation. I said to him, you know what? The Lord is calling you to spend time with your family now. You need to stay where you are. You don't need to prove your, your, your love to someone which is dead. I've got people that will go and sit at graves and spend time at graves instead of spending time with their children because their brokenness is six feet under the ground. The grave does not give answers and it does not sort things out. But we've got the opportunity to be with our loved ones. You know what Jesus said to him? He said to him, no, no, no. The same as Elijah. He told him, if you want to go and do that, um, you can't follow me. If you've got any excuse, Lord, I first need to make a million bucks. I first need to pay off my house. I first need, Lord, to get graduated. I first need to be 30, Lord, then I'm old enough to speak to people. Lord, I first need to be black enough or white enough. Amen? You know, how interesting is it that the white people want to be black and the black people want to be white? Wie van jullie op die straat? 
Okay? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't do that. I, I, I become crayfish color. Okay, I become white and crayfish color. <laughs> the, the, if I come to the beach at first, they call me the great white. And after spending two days there, they call me the great red. <laughs> I like this a transform step. <laughs> okay, and Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And I thought at first, this is very, Lord, this is very rude of you. How could you be so rude? Now this morning, guys, I want to be real about when we speak, remember we're speaking on the topic of volunteering, making yourself available for the Lord. I'm going to prove to you now in Scripture, and I want you this morning, I, I want, uh, you can get on the, the, um, on the guitar for me, I want you this morning to be aware of the Holy Spirit and whose presence we are this morning. I want us, uh, this morning I'm trusting the Lord to, to let, let us move in the Spirit, but this morning becomes a real morning. I don't want us to come to church and just have another church service. Pretoria doesn't need another service. Pretoria needs men and women that come together and they praise and they serve the King of Kings. And after they've been enlightened and they spend time together, they go out to wherever they are and they live for the King of Kings. Pretoria needs people that's going out in the revelation that they are the sons which the earth has been waiting for. And not having an excuse because I'm only a kingdom garden teacher, but saying, Lord, here am I using you. You know what the desire for the fathers in this season? The Bible says that the kingdom of God is at hand, that anyone can grab onto it. But people can't change unless they hear the word. And people won't hear unless we are preaching. And people can't go and preach unless they are sent. That's what the Bible says. You know what I want to do this morning? Jesus sent them out two by two. Back in those days, they didn't know about four by fours. He sent them out two by two from into every city and every town. And they went out proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. And these insignificant men would lie their hands on the sick. They would love them and demons will go out of them. And sickness will be healed. And the church won't know what Jesus can do through them unless they are available to say, Lord, come into me and use me. Now, I'm going to show you something this morning. And I want to tell you this morning, I'm not fighting with the church. I'm busy establishing a kingdom culture within our midst. Hear this. Matthew 25 verse 31. And when the, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne before him, and he will gather all the nations. I believe we are very close to this. And he will separate people from another. A shepherd, a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you from the foundation of the world. So he's calling the church and he's saying to them, he's pardoning the goats, those who were involved and those who were not involved, those who were volunteers and those who were not volunteers. I want to tell you, it's not the hearer of the word that gets justified, but the, the doer, the one that says, Lord, here am I. I want to tell you, you can have many mistakes, but you've shown more of the Bible by sitting with somebody and breaking bread today and telling them about Jesus' love than just stopping at the road. But this morning I was driving here, my father was sitting next to me. There was a guy on his knees. 
I don't know. Now, I obviously know what he's doing. So I'm pulling down the window. I'm sitting, listen here, book. Are you praying? And he's like, no. I said, so what are you doing? He says, begging. I said, oh, I wanted to take you to church. I thought to myself, yes, if this is an intercessor standing on his knees, imagine what that guy will do for us at church. If I can have three of them at church, all those said, oh, I, I want them. And I was not being rude. And I said to him, please, come with me to church. And what was his excuse? I need to go and wash my face first. But he didn't need to wash his face to ask and beg for money. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I was confronting his heart. Why? Because I know that Jesus wants him to come into the kingdom. So he's sitting there with his, 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 his um, what is it in Rosemary? Um, and he was sitting with this around his neck and he, he's looking religious but he's not doing anything that the word is telling him to do and I want to tell you unless someone has the dignity and the heart to say Lord I'm going to go to that people and I'm going to eat and sleep and drink with them that's why we have all I, I, I want to tell you all that you need to do is you need to pick them into a car and you need to convince him to stay now if he doesn't run away the next week then we might maybe just help okay and listen here, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by the Father. Listen here, who are blessed by the? The Father. He was revealing the Father. You are blessed by the Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. The Bible says, for the foreleggen van die aarde het God jou al apart gesit. He has called you by your name. He has knitted you together in your mother's womb. He has called you for a time like this. Church has not called you to come to church and participate by sitting and having holy communion. And now we are blessed and going into heaven. It's a lie. He's called you to be activated, to go out there. If the message is not on the streets, it's not good news. Everyone in here most probably is saved. And we'll test it later by philosophy. But at the end of the day, unless you are a preacher, wherever you are, I want to tell you, there were times where we had differences and my wife and myself will have words and I'll preach to someone sitting into a restaurant after that. Most people will tell me, no, no, I'm not disqualified. I'm not going to even take communion. No, you must take communion. Why? Because that's the blood that He paid for, for your sins. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will convince you of righteousness. The sin, the world of sin. Not you of sin, the world of sin. For I was hungry. Listen to, to, to what, now what he's saying to them. And Jesus is saying these words. For I was hungry and you gave me food. Who recently gave food to the, to the poor? Is there anyone? Okay. And I know some people will say, I'm not going to raise my hand because I don't want my glory to be taken away from me because your right hand wasn't... I'm not, we're not being religious, we're being real here this morning. He said, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. Amen. Who has shared your cold drink with someone? I'm not asking who gave the cold drink away. Sharing your cold drink. You took your cold drink back and you drank. Okay, I've not done that. You're better than me. I, I, I'm scared of allergies. Okay? I seriously want to kiss my wife at night. And if I get any of those things, I'm not going back to you. <laughs> so I'm not sharing my calling. Okay, so this one I said, Lord, I will throw a bit out for him. Thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. You know how simple the gospel is? Who weet wie warm gevoel van ochtend die inkom met iemand drink ja. Amen. Yes, I can. I tell you, you welcomed me. 
Why? You make, make me feel welcome. If anyone, if they bring the boys to all, I tell you, I'll give them a beating that needs to happen. But most of all, the first thing I ever do to those guys is I take them and I hug them and I kiss them. While they're still filthy, I kiss them. Because I accept them on the basis of how God gives them to me, not how I would want them to be. Amen? Who can welcome somebody? Is there anyone who can do that? Is this practical Christianity 101? Okay, so we can welcome people. Listen here. I was naked and you clothed me. This is a prerequisite which Jesus is speaking about. I want to tell you, your good works will never get you into heaven. It's only the work of the cross that's going to get you into heaven. But I want to tell you, your good works count. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. God does not step out of heaven and He comes and touches the people He sends us to do it. Amen? Can I get an amen? Who believes it? I mean, I know. You, are you still a volunteer? She's a volunteer in Suwetu. She's working for a financial company. And she's volunteering her free time on Saturdays to go and serve an orphanage to raise children. In this week, I was crying. I was asking Lord, because I've got one of my, my boys, which I love. I was praying. I said, Lord, give us the ability to open up an orphanage. Now, how many people's children need help? I've got two children now at this stage where I say, Lord, I need, a, I need houses, houses of safety. Who's against abortion in the church? Is there? Who's, 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 who's against it? Can just by a show of hands. Okay, who's for it? You know Okay, so all, every one of us are against this. So I told the people in church, I said, if you're against abortion, what are you going to do about it? Because if you say you're against it and you do, you do nothing about it, then what do we tell the mothers? Have the babies and we're going to put them in the system. The government's going to look after them. Who knows? It's the church's work. The church should look after widows and orphans. Amen? We should love those in prisons. Who's recently been to prison? <laughs> Not been in prison. Okay, who's recently visited the prison? <laughs> okay, I was getting some guys who are going to lift their hands now. I was naked and you told me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, and thirsty and we gave you drink? And when did we see you a stranger welcome you, and when you were naked clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of those of my brothers, you did it to me. I want to ask you, the other day I was thinking of some of the pastors, and I'm, I'm disqualifying guys at this stage. I'm walking, I've been in the, the church circle for more than 20 years. Serving the Lord, walking a straight and narrow road, sometimes more in the way than on the way, but I was pretty much involved in the way. Okay? They called them the way. We knew that the, the first time the church were never called Christians, they were called the way. We knew that. Okay? So you are the way. The way, the truth, and the life. That's how we are. Uh, you are the way. Why? If anyone wants to know about God, you are the way. You are the one that's pointing to the Father. You're the one that He uses. And you know what blesses me the most about this story? Is the fact that He says, and the King will answer, and truly I say to you, as you did it to the one of the least. I want to tell you the reason why we as a church have said in this season, Lord, we're going to take up charity. There should not be any charity institutions. The lockdown does more for poor people than the church. I want to encourage people that's in church to stop playing lotto. Now you're saying a demonic thing. 
I'm not meaning what I'm saying. But the lockdown in our country has done more for the poor than the church. And I say it, as, and I'm feeling disgusted by it. Because we would rather spend 1.3 million rand on a profit party and wasting booze and go and spend time with the broken. Now I want to challenge us as we are busy entering into this season, as we, we, we are coming into the church of Pretoria, we are not, I, I don't have a name. I can tell you all the nice things and try and preach to you so that everyone feels good for you. You know what I want to challenge every one of you? We've got a place called Ark just outside of Pretoria. I want to call you and ask you to come and visit. I don't care if you're male or female. Come and love my boys. Come and tell them that Jesus has a plan. There's nothing so warm for our hearts. You know that, that you can be 13, you're still childlike when, when you get into the kingdom. I don't know about you, man. I'm, I was never excited. Then my wife buys me presents and I'm sitting and I'm weeping. I'm not used to it. Weave it off like prop. There's stuff like that that touches my heart. It's this acts and this unselfish acts that touch my heart. And then he will say to those on his leg, depart from me, you burst into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then they will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, a stranger, naked, in prison, and not do these things for you? And then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, you did not do it to one of the least of these. You did not do it to me. And these will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous into the eternal life. I'm going to simplify this. I want to get to the point where I'm going to... Holy Spirit, this morning I ask Lord that you will work in our hearts now. I want you to hear very closely this morning. Jesus was speaking to people. And at this stage, it's not a salvation issue. If you are saved, there's nothing that can ever separate you. Your best of works, we've already established that in the beginning, can never get you saved. But I want to tell you the biggest indictment against the church in this season is the fact that we are called the body of Christ, but we've gone through no suffering and we've carried no burden for those who are lost and broken. You know what was the early church? The, the, the Bible says that the early church was built on living blocks of people who sacrificed their lives and they gave it up all because they saw one who was willing. And yet we've come to the point where we preach this gospel one to be one of prosperity and comfort. God has not called us to be comfortable on earth. And I don't say that you can't have money. I want you to be filthy rich and enjoy it. But I want you to understand that the gospel of God, the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, is to be available with everything at every time in and out of season. To make yourself available to say, Lord, I'm not only pitching up to be involved at church, but I'm going to be your hands and feet out on the street. It's to pick up the bill when you're at the restaurant for the guy that's next to you. And not only give him food, but give him the word with it. It's to go to the grocery stores and say to someone, you know what? Daddy, can I get your bread and your coke in your mouth with In your pocket, cigarette. I don't, give, I don't give people money for drugs. I promise I'll rather take them to the center. But I will buy someone cigarettes and brandy 
if I can get the ability to speak and present the gospel to them that they've never heard. Amen. Training is the army for them. Top Owens with my concern is what I'm going to say. And Jesus replied, listen, and I will tell you, there were once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho when bandits robbed him. And this was the word what, what the Lord gave us. I'm going to not read it out of the scripture. I'm just going to tell you. Um, when, when bandits robbed him. So there, there, this, there was this guy that was on his way to Jerusalem. He was a Jew. He was a Christian dude. And he was on his way to go for the sacrificial yearly offering. And on his way there, he got robbed. It means he had his money in his pocket to take his tithe or whatever he was taking to Jerusalem. Back in those days, if you traveled from a far away, you would sell your, your sin offerings and everything, and you'll take the money. And as you take the money to the church in Jerusalem, you could buy food with it. You knew that. And you could buy it. I always oh, I had a guy that came to me to church. He said, Pastor, for the king, I'm going to go KFC. That's pleasure. If you get, get that extra cent out of the bank, I'm proud of you. you. You go for gold. Next time bring me as well. I'd like a double crunch. Okay, he's a serious KFC fan. And the Bible says as he was going, he was robbed. And the problem was there was a priest and a Levite that was coming past and they saw the man lying there and who was in distress. And Jesus is using this parable or illustration to show something about the church's heart at that stage. How Israel has become, remember, it's a brother. In my case, it would be a colored guy. Because I'm colored, who knows that? Okay. We're colored. Amen. I, I once was preaching there in Nuerkop. In the guy said to me, he said, yeah, my Jesus got colored to him. I said, yes, right. From there, I'm, I'm happy to be a color. <laughs> um, my wife is really colored. Uh, they're, they're, they're green. My, they're, they're green. Okay, so back in those days, I want to tell you guys, it was not a white thing. It was not a black thing. The Jews are very proud. Prideful to call themselves Jews. And they were seeing the problem and it was their own brother that fell. He was robbed and he was severely beaten to the point where he was about to die. So what Jesus' problem with the people was not only the fact that it was a brother. Because the guy was asking, he was putting Jesus to the test. Listen here. And so there, okay, I, 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 in verse 29, the guy was putting Jesus to the test, asking him, Lord, so who is my brother? How does this person look who I must care for and how, to whom I must reach out to? How does this person need to look? What does, him, what does qualify him? And now Jesus is using this illustration. He said, when you saw him, he was beaten. He was, they, they robbed him. And you, everyone, the priest and the Levite, both of them are men of God. Who can agree with me? A Levite and a priest are men of God. We call them groot mannen van God. Klein wat die staan op. There's nothing a groot man van God. Okay? Okay, so um, there's nothing like a big Christian and a small Christian. We're all, we're all just sons. Amen? And as if you know, so I want to stand here with a pastor. Okay, so now they all saw the problem. And I want to tell you the church is good in seeing people's problem. 
Pas het jy gesien, daar is dat die vrijdag gekeer op Facebook. Now many of those messages I get, that's like, die laai, 3 liter voor, 2 liter kook, liter brandhouw en stories, en het sê vir die laai ons het, hulle is in sorg die kerk, maar het geseel gestand, hard gekeer. Who knows that? Everyone saw the problem, but no one did anything about the problem. Die exegese wat ek op die stik wil gee, is not the fact that you can see what the problem is. The, the question this morning is, are you a volunteer to say, Lord, I'm going to do something about the problem? And the Bible said there was a Samaritan which was coming. With other words, it was a person of different ethnicity. It was a different race. He saw the problem and he was not a Jew. He was not in the church. He was from the lotto. And he saw the problem and he took the guy and he put him in his own vehicle on the donkey. He had him Ford gesit. Verseker dat hy Ford gerein het. Seker dat hy jou of whatever. Hy het hom in sy kar gesit. And now he's taking him to the inn. And the word said, and he paid the guy with his own money. He paid for him to stay in the inn. You know what he did after that? He said, if there's anything outstanding on his bill, I want to cover it. And Jesus said, who was the neighbor? Who was the brother? Who was the one that was in the kingdom? Who was the one who's the firm believer? And now the scholar who was questioning Jesus on who his brother was, is standing with a red face because he realized he's the very person that saw the problem and he would not address it. And it's not only addressing it and telling people how far you are falling short. That just make you religious and a Pharisee. If you're not taking the time to love people, to go sit down and say, I disagree with your lifestyle. This is the way. Walk you in it. And you can't do it in love. Keep quiet. But you know what the church needs in this season? It needs men and women who are saying, I'm going to get out. And I'm going to get out of my car. And I'm going to sit with the poor. And I'm going to share what I have. And I'm going to reach, reach out to those who are lost. And people will tell me, but I don't have an audience. I want to tell you, everyone is in for a free lunch. I've got a friend of mine who always tells me my taste. Remember, there's nothing like a free lunch. I disagree with you. The church should give out free lunches. Jesus gave out free lunches. Who knows? He had a meeting, 5,000 people, and their children pitched up, and their extended family, and he gave everyone food. The other day, every now and then, I want to become a Pharisee, because I look out at this, yes, like, you want to spar, you have a quick eye for you know, like, it's here, was we not trying to find him all and you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said to me, just relax. Why would I be faithful in one and I'm not going to provide? Amen? And it's not that I'm telling us just to, to lose it. I'm calling on the church to be available for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm calling you this morning to a stance that you never knew you could be. To be the version of you that's not perfect but that's willing. I want to tell you, you know what was the best attribute between me and my wife? Was the fact that she saw the willingness in my heart to change, even in those areas, which was at that time inappropriate and hurting to her. I was willing to come to the table and say, listen, yeah, I've got cancer in my heart. Please help me to deal with this. Amen. This morning, I'm concluding. I want to hear who's available. This morning, I don't want to make it a cheap answer. 
I don't want you to make a statement and go out there. It's like a man that's looking in the mirror and he forgot what he said. I want people this morning to be sincere in front of the Lord. For a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I first want to ask if there's anyone who's not accepted Jesus. I want to give you part to become part of the family. So just for a moment, let's bow every head. If anyone is coming to this room and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity. I want to present you the opportunity to not have an excuse. To know that you are loved and accepted and God is calling you as you are. But He's not going to leave you like you are. If you don't have a date, I don't care if you've been sitting in church for 40 years. If you've never devoted your heart to Jesus, you are not saved. This morning Jesus is calling. How do you know? Your heart is bouncing out of your chest right now. If you've never given your heart to Jesus this morning, please just raise your hand there where you're sitting. I want to invite you to the family of God. Anyone. You never need to be afraid of it. You never need to be shy of it. Thank you, Jesus. show you a set of rules and religious obligations. He came to pioneer a way of revealing the Father's heart so that we can get directly into the Father's presence. This morning it's not an issue of being lost in. It's an issue of being displaced. If you have a fear of man in your heart, you say, Lord, you have blessed me. You've been good to me. You've been good to me. But Lord, I'm unsure if you want to use me. I'm unsure if you can use me because I'm divorced, I'm too old, I've lost my business, I've maybe ruined it, I've not done the greatest job with my kids. Anything that could excuse you this morning. I want to this morning make you aware of the Lord's goodness and His kindness. This morning the Father is asking you, if you are available, will you set yourself apart? I'm not going to convince you or convict you. I want you this morning to willingly say, Lord, I want to volunteer myself into this kingdom. I want to stand up and become useful. The, the word Onesimus in the book of Philemon is about a runaway slave. And Paul writes, he says, he's useless to you, but he's useful for me. Entrust him to me. And God is calling you in this season to be, become his Onesimus, someone that is useful for him. If you are saying, Lord, I need to urgently step out and I want to become not only a Christian, but I want to become the way that points towards the Father. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to stand. To stand with me. It's going to be uncomfortable. I want to tell you it's going to cost you everything. I want to tell you it's going to cost you when the Holy Spirit tells you to turn your car around and to pray with people. To reach out to families that are broken, that you won't have an excuse because yours is still falling apart. It's going to become the reason 
why you start sharing with others, even if you feel you don't have anything to give. I remember going through a season where we had so little, and we were inviting people into our houses, and milk will, a two-liter milk. At that season, I had 14 people staying with me in my house, and a two-liter milk will, 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 will stay pure and right, and we could use it for two to three weeks. One two-liter milk. It just, just didn't go empty. So if there's anyone that's saying, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to stand up this morning. I want to be that type of Christian. I'm not going to be that Christian that comes to church and just serve you with words. I'm going to be one that stands up and do it in action and deed. I want you to stand up right now with me as a declaration of your faith. As one that's saying, Lord, here I am. I'm making myself available. You can be the most broken person in this room this morning. God's going to use you in your broken circumstances and saying, I want to achieve something that is greater. I want to achieve something in you and through you which you could never imagine. Which you could never imagine. I just want you just to put your hand on your heart this morning. Maybe you're saying, Lord, I'm doing so much already. And the Lord is saying, but I've got greater things for you. I've got greater things for you. I hear the Lord's words echoing this morning, saying, I'm going to use you and raise you up. I'm raising you up. I'm raising you up. I see how the Lord says, there's people this morning that saying, Lord, I'm volunteering my heart, my resources. I'm volunteering, Lord, everything that I have for your kingdom. The Lord says, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to honor you. Thank you, Jesus. So you say, Matthias, I'm giving, I'm giving to this orphanage. This is not just about giving money. It's about giving yourself. It's giving yourself. It's giving everything away. It's to become uncomfortable. Who will I send and who will go? And the prophet responded, he said, Lord, here I send me. The very next moment he said, but Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips. I want to tell you this morning, that even as, I, as you put your hand on your heart this morning, I believe that the Spirit is saying, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart. The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. Just for a second, while we're in the presence of God, I know we're always in the presence of God, but while there's a special, unique presence here, just put your hand on your heart. And if everyone's eyes just closed, yeah, the Lord says, you're asking for family. I will give you family. You're asking, Lord, restore my dignity. The Lord says, I'm restoring your dignity. You're asking, Lord, I'm asking for forgiveness. And the Lord says, you are forgiven. You're asking, you're saying, Lord, I just want to worship you. The Lord says, I ah, hear. Yeah, you'll be my worshiper. 
this morning, just there where you stand, the Bible says, you can say it in a soft, small voice. The prophet said it was not in the fire or in the earth, but it was in the still voice. Just allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to your heart. Some of you are saying, Lord, I want a baby. The Lord says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Some of you say, Lord, I need my past restored. And the Lord says, I'm restoring the past right now. Just there where you stand. Just speak to the Lord. Matthias, you don't know how complex my circumstances is, but he does. So you're crying for your children, you're crying for your daughter, you're crying for their, their habits. The Holy Spirit says, I take the light in you. I've heard your voice. There's mothers that's crying for their children right now. The Lord says, I will pick up and I'll keep my hand over that which is yours. Father, I pray for protection. I pray for revelation knowledge. I pray, Jesus, that you will open up doors. I pray, Father, that there will never, ever, ever be an uncertainty or an insecurity concerning the journey that you are walking with people. Lord, I ask that when people ask, from which church are you? Because it's not about our name. It's about your name. They'll say that they are the body of Jesus. I ask, Lord, that there will be testimony streaming in in this week of people who practically went and they did what the Word told them to do. They clothed you. They gave people food for your sake. Lord, thank you that you will open up. The Bible says that He will give bread to the sower. He will provide. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I see people, there's a person sitting here and your sexuality has been dented. In your, in your sexuality, you've gone through so much pain, severe pain, where the hurt is so severe that you say, Lord, I don't know if I can ever trust in this area again. And I hear that the Holy Spirit is saying this morning, I love you. And look, I've made all things there. All things making all things there. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Those just who are beautiful just say amen.